0: Well, Happy New Year. This is the first time I've had the opportunity to say it to you, and I'm so glad to be in church. I don't know if you sense the presence of God here. I don't know if, I don't know if God shows up more when you're hungry. I don't know if you've been participating in this fast. We're one weekend. If you've already messed it up, that's okay. God's grace is, he'll cover you. It's just get back on it because I, I believe that something happens when we show God that we're, we're dedicated and we're serious. And, and we as a church love to create a rhythm where we take the first part of our year and we say, God, you get the best in the first. And um, you know, a lot of times uh, we'll create all these resolutions and I love what Pastor Russ said. He's, God spoke to him and said, why are you gonna create the goals for your life before you seek before them? So that spoke to me, and so I, I haven't set any resolutions, just so you know. I'm going to this year blind, but I'm trusting God that he's going to show me over these 21 days what he wants to do in my life for the whole entire year, and I encourage you to do that. Now, I'm excited today because we're going to kick off the year right, and can I just declare something I believe for every one of us, and that is that this is going to be the best year of your life. Now... those are the people that want it they're like I need it I'm not saying that it's gonna be the easiest year of your life and I'm not saying it's gonna be the best year financially or the best year for your health I'm not saying that I'm not saying that but I absolutely believe it can be the best spiritual life you've ever had this year if you will lean into what God wants to do can I just say I believe this year can be different I know last year might have been awful. Can I just say this year can be different? I know last year you might have been in such financial instability. Can I say this year can be different? Last year you might have been struggling in your marriage. I want to declare this year it can be different. But hear this. A lot of times, even in a season of prayer and fasting, we're saying, all right, God, I'm ready. Drop it on me. While God might actually be waiting for you to do something different. So we're going to talk about what that means for the next 75 weeks. I actually don't know how long this series is gonna go. I just gotta warn you, I don't, but uh, I'm trusting that, that God wants to speak to us and when he tells me it's time, we'll move on. Um, but I, I wanna just begin with a, a real quick passage. If you remain standing for just a moment, I wanna read this. This was, uh, if you were here last week, how many were here last week? How many came to church last week? Can we give it up for the word that Pastor Russ brought? You all had New Year's hangover, but Pastor Russ brought the energy himself. If you weren't awake, I won't run across the stage like he did, so you don't have to worry, camera operators. I love you. He doesn't, but I I needed to, if you were here, I I asked him if he was preaching Isaiah 43 because that's what every preacher does, and he wasn't going to, and then he realized he needed to. And then I was like, I want to start this message off with Isaiah 43. That's not fair. So I want to read it again. But this time it's going to hit different. Because he left off part of it, the most important part. And so I'm going to fix. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Lighten up, lighten up. Isaiah 43. I do want to read a couple verses before it because it adds some context that we're gonna need for this series. Isaiah 43, verse 16. This is God speaking to the prophet. He said, I am the Lord who opened up a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I I could preach an entire sermon on that one sentence. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt. Wait a minute, what God, you did? Yeah, he said he did. He said, I drew them beneath the waves and they drown, Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Verse 18, this is what we heard last week. But forget all that. Everybody say, forget all that. Forget, all that. forget about it. Say it like a mafia boss. Forget about it. He said, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something. What? Everybody say it. Come on, say it. I'm about to do something. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Can I ask this question? What if God has already started something that you're waiting on? What if the thing that you set for a resolution or the prayer that is deepest in your heart that you've been praying for a while, can I just say, what if God's already started it? The question is, can we see it? That's the question. Amen. I love it. She's ready for a word. Are you ready? Come on, let me pray for us. Father, I pray that today... As we launch into this new year, I pray, God, something would come alive inside of us. I pray, God, whatever needs to change, you would begin to change it. And, God, we pray that this year is different. God, I pray this year I'm different. I pray this year our church is different. And I pray, God, even our attitude and our posture toward your word is different in this moment and for the rest of this year. And so God, speak to us today from heaven. Help me to get out of the way, God. You showed me this word, but I pray that your spirit speaks it. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give them praise. Amen. You can be seated. I always hate when they start my counter before I really start preaching. I hate that saying. Um, how many of you would consider yourself nostalgic? Raise your hand if you're, if you're nostalgic. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, I'm not, I would just say there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's great. I'm not the most nostalgic person. I'm that always forward-facing kind of person. Leave everything in, in the dust and move forward. Never think about the past. That's kind of the way I, I tend to focus. So, although I will say this past week, I was sick, um testing negative for COVID, so don't freak out. But I was I was sick and um and so laying around a lot and I I may or may not have binged um two seasons of Cobra Kai, which <laughs> it, 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 my wife was watching. She was like, this is awful. Terrible acting. Why are you watching? I'm like, that's Ralph Macchio. That's Johnny. Like, do you realize what we're talking? Okay, like, and, and I was like, okay, I guess I am a little nostalgic, but about the important things, you know, karate kid and and stuff like that. My, my wife is more nostalgic of the two of us, and, um, um, you know, and if you're nostalgic, you you know, um, seasons like Christmas are are like really big for you. You know, it's all about the feels and you're trying to recreate all those moments and the memories, because that's what nostalgia does. It takes us back to all the memories that that we once had. And as a parent, you, you may be a nostalgic parent, my, my wife would say at different times when my girls were growing up and then they would be at that stage where it's just cute and fun and pigtails and all. She'd be like, stop growing up. Did you ever said that to your kids? Like, don't grow up, don't change, you know? Be- because like, these are the good days. And, and what's interesting is that when we have seasons like we just had, most of the time what we're doing is we're trying to match the memory of the past with today. That's what we're doing. And nostalgia can be a good thing, don't get me wrong, but hear this, nostalgia can be a trap too. Nostalgia can actually be a trap because you can be so focused on the way it used to be that you can actually miss the moment you're in that, mo- that time. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you can oh, I just, w- I just remember, I wish my kids were little again. Yeah, but if you wish, you wish for that, you might actually miss the beauty of the friendship that you have with them growing up. And and so sometimes, I just want us to hear this, nostalgia can actually be a trap. That's what God had to speak to the people of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. See, they were actually very nostalgic. The Israelite nation, they were incredibly nostalgic people, and there was nothing that was kind of like more in in their uh, nostalgia rearview mirror than a legend named Moses. Now, of the Old Testament and of the the Jewish people, can I just tell you their story? There's really no one more legendary than Moses. Elijah maybe, but really Moses is the the pinnacle. And, um, and, And maybe you guys know the moment because God would speak through the prophet Isaiah. And in Isaiah 43, God is actually trying to encourage them right after God had spoken through the prophet Isaiah about... Uh, the punishment that was going to come because they turned their back on him. And he said, well, the Babylonians are going to come, the Syrians are going to come, and they're going to take you hostage, but here's my promise. And so God brings it up. And, and so the, the, Moses is at the pinnacle, and the story of Moses, they remember the most, hands down. Number one is the parting of the Red Sea. You know the story of the parting of the Red Sea probably, right? Where God sent a deliverer, Moses and 10 amazing plagues and brings the Israelites out, leads them by his spirit to a dead end, and then he actually blows the waters up apart, and then they walk through on dry ground. This, that's what we just read, by the way. That was the miracle of parting of the Red Sea, and then, and then the Egyptians came after them, and then God wiped out their enemy. And... Now, what's interesting is that God is giving this message to the nation of Israel in advance to their own pain they're about to walk through, but by the way, this story that they would always remember and bring up was 500 years earlier than when Isaiah is giving the prophecy. I want you to consider that. Think about, like we don't even have history as a nation 500 years back. Here they are 500 years later and their favorite bedtime story is Moses parting the Red Sea. The song that they're singing with their kids in Sunday school, Saturday school, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. You all know that song? Any of you? Just no one. Okay. See, you, you don't have the history that I do. It's nostalgic for me to go back to that song. And, and so 500 years later, And they're still reminiscing on this miracle. They're they're still remembering what God had done in this miracle. And God's telling them, man, it's about to get hard again. And they're thinking back to Egypt. You're going to go into slavery. They're thinking back to Egypt. And God looks at them and he says, yeah, you remember when I did that? Then he says, forget all that. Forget all that. Now, what's interesting is that most of us, and we hear this often when it comes to our faith and You know, God's forgiven us and his grace. And we think, forget all the bad stuff. I bet many of you would like to forget last year, some of it, or want to forget the last couple of years of the pandemic or forget, you know, forget all that. That's not what God was saying. He's saying, do you remember the miracle that I did? Do you remember how I showed up and I made a way? Do you remember all that? Of course they remembered it. He said, forget that. What? Yeah, he said, forget that. I think that God had to speak to them because they were so nostalgic, but here's what they don't realize is nostalgia can be a trap. In fact, let me, let me say it this way. This way maybe you'll remember it. Nostalgia can cloud you. Nostalgia can cloud you. Everybody say it out loud with me. Nostalgia can cloud you. You, you may not realize it, but listen, nostalgia can cloud you. It can, it can cloud your own personal walk with God your own spiritual life, if you're always comparing your current situation with the good thing that God did five years ago. Well, God was better to me then. No, 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 nostalgia can cloud you. Well, there's that time when I remember when I first felt his presence and I just don't feel anymore. And so I just feel like God's not here anymore. No, nostalgia, nostalgia can cloud you. I've seen it, listen, not just in my own life, in our personal lives, but can I say this? I see that happen all the time in our church experience. Like, like, if you grew up in church, there are memories, there are things that you have, there's translations that you like, there's Sunday school songs that you grew up with, there's these memories, and sometimes what you can do is you can look at what your experience is today and say, that doesn't compare. I was reminded of this when I was uh, in the dentist's office a couple months ago. I, I went in for just a cleaning, and I, I had my teeth cleaned, and when I was done, I was checking out, and I was... I was at the counter with with the the lady, and she was setting my next appointment, and we were talking, and she knew I was a pastor, and so we were just talking about church, and there was another patient that was there waiting. uh, She was waiting to to go back and be seen, and she was standing at the counter, and as we were talking, she just kind of jumped in to the conversation. We were talking about church. And I asked her, do you go to church anywhere? And we were talking about this. And she was like, well, and, and this this lady next to me, patient, she said, well, you know, I just I just went and visited this church. This is in Lancaster, by the way. She said, I went and visited this church, this tree church, this tree of life church. And I knew what she was talking about. See, I know Pastor Matthew. I'm real good friends with the tree church. I preach there all the time. And she's like, yeah. I said, did you like it? She said, well, my kids took me. And um, it was good. It was, you know, it was you know, I mean, it was, it was all right. It just, she's like, I just, but you know, the truth is, I just, I wish they would play some of the good old songs. That's what she said. Now, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I know the pastor really well, and I've reached there and I know their church, and I, you're kind of similar a little bit, and i and, and I said, really? She was like, yeah, I just, it was all right. I mean, the, you know, this was okay. And I mean, the band played well enough. But I just wish they would play some of the good old songs. In fact, she said this. She said, you know, they actually have some really, really good upbeat ones that are older, like I'll Fly Away. And I went, oh, I guess I, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I guess I'll fly away, okay. And, um, and what kind of surprised me in this moment was when I asked you, did, did you like it did you like your experience did you like this that the very first thing she did was she criticized a church that is one of the most life-giving churches in the city of Lancaster that I've watched grow from a few hundred to a couple thousand and I know their pastor and I know what they do in the area and how they serve people and she couldn't see all of that because you know what they didn't play the songs that she they should have been playing older ones now, I'm not saying there's there's nothing wrong with preferences. You might go, I don't like the music. Here, that's fine. I'm glad you come for the preaching. But, <laughs> I, but, but I, I thought to myself, because sometimes we'll have that attitude. And by the way, the longer I've been in church, the more I have that attitude. Where, oh, I have these feelings that are attached to these moments that happened 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And so then we start to think, okay, well, well I, I guess I should... I wonder what we should do. Maybe we should play some of the good old ones. The good old days, the good old songs. And I was thinking to myself, well, how far back do we go? See, that's a great question, right? How far back do we go? Because I remember growing up in, in, in school and in youth group, and, and I remember in church in the 80s, uh, we did this song. It was super popular. By the way, at one point it was the most popular song. I don't know if any of you know it. It's called Majesty. Have you ever Have you ever heard Oh. Oh, hello. Does anybody know, know the song? Oh, some of you are like, now is church. Oh, thank God, pastor, now is church. We can go to church finally. The only time you ever raise your hand now, it's oh. And some of you are like, I have no idea. Is that a hymn? No, it actually wasn't a hymn. See, because, because your experience was that after that, or like maybe it was in the late 80s, early 90s, where you, you, your favorite song was Our God is an Awesome God. Yeah. You remember our God? Oh, yeah. We need to get the whole band out here right now. Let's do it. Our God. Tucker, you want to come up and sing it? He does. You don't know this song. says before you were born. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns like heaven above. All right. But it, it could be that, or, or then I remember uh, into the late, mid, late 90s when a group called, from a church in Australia, a Hillsong started, and there's this woman named Darlene Check that came out with this massive global hit called Shout to the Lord. Do you all remember that song? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You got to remember that? Like, okay, that's enough. That's enough. Uh, my, my, thank you, Janice. Thank you. What's funny is I just I told I said this morning I said Janice I want to just I'm going to name a few old songs. Do you think you'd be able to play them? And she was like, I remember them. That's nostalgia, right? That's there's nothing the wrong with that. Can I say it? there's nothing wrong with that? Uh, so much so that we did an older song today called Do It Again. My question is this: If if we are so stuck in thinking that the spirit only moves. With those kind of moments, in those kind of ways, we might miss what God wants to do today. You can miss it. I, I saw this when our small little church moved from uh, a little storefront in Canal Winchester to uh, Lithopolis. Now, a lot of you that are here came from Lithopolis or maybe our Lancaster campus. And and when we first, there was a small team, about 65, 70 adults and a few kids, and When we first bought this building, we went in and we were like, this doesn't match what we feel like God is leading us to do today. It was a 30-year-old church building. And so we went in and we renovated it. And we took out the metal um, spiral staircase that was in the doctor's uh, size lobby. I mean, little, little. And we ripped up all the red carpet through the whole thing. Uh, You would have loved it. I know. Some of you are like, oh, the red carpet takes me back. Oh, and... And then, and then it got worse. We took out the pews. I know. <gasps> we had some people say, these pews are beautiful. Why would we take them out? I'm like, well, sit there for an hour and a half and then come back and tell me. It's, we can get covers for them and pews. Can- no, I, uh, no and see, the problem is it didn't match the vision that we had. And, and then we, this is when it got really bad. gonna just say this and I apologize um, for heaven and everything. We um, covered up the stained plastic windows. Okay, they're stained glass, but they're plastic. That's what I mean by stained plastic windows. And we covered them up so we could control the light in the room because we, we wanted to do something a little bit different. And, and then this, this caused some major controversy. Um, we were going to paint the ceiling black. It was white. We, everything was bright. We were going to paint the ceiling black. There was a lady um, that was part of the church... And she was so bothered by it that, um, like, she was like, oh, please tell me, are we a devil-worshipping church now? Because Satan's favorite color is black. I didn't know if you know that. Next to red, it's black. And it was such a big deal, a lot of people don't know this, that I said, okay, we won't paint it black it was like midnight green. It was it as it was dark as you could imagine, we did. We had some people leave our church before we even opened in there because we violated their nostalgia. That's what we did. We violated their nostalgia. Can I tell you something? I'm glad we did. Can I tell you what God did? Guess what God did? God started to save hundreds of people and people started getting baptized by the dozens and our church began to expand and grow and new people were coming to life. Some of you had that experience and you don't know what it looked like before. You don't remember that, but those that did, it violated their nostalgia. And so I believe in this moment when God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah, he has to violate their nostalgia because they can't see what God is trying to do in that day and what he wants to do in the future. Listen, there's nothing wrong, let me just say that, with preferring. Older songs and a different, you might be able to go into church like that and it might feel serene to you. That's okay, that's great. It's because there were moments that you had with God that were real and were powerful and you should always remember the faithfulness of God in your life, but you should not stay stuck in the past or you'll miss, some of you may not like this, but but you might miss what God's trying to do today. And so this word that he gave this word that he gave wouldn't actually be fulfilled for another couple hundred years. 200 years after Isaiah the prophet, so now 700 years after the leaving of the Egypt and parting the Red Sea. Uh, let, me, let me just tell you what had happened. Um, the other prophecies that God had given through Isaiah came true. And the Babylonians came into the southern part and the Syrians and northern. And they basically um, destroyed the, the nation of Israel. And this was God taking his hand of protection and favor off of them because they turned away to worship other gods. And, and so they, many of them were taken captive. They were ta- they, many were killed. others survivors taken back um, from Jerusalem, the capital city. The walls were destroyed. The temple was destroyed. Uh, the survivors were taken back to Babylon where they would live in captivity. It's interesting. Once they were in Egypt in captivity, now they're in Babylon they're in their captivity. That's why God had to speak this promise to them, to tell them, I'm going to make a way. That's what he's trying to show them. And 50 years or so after they had been in captivity, God um, put it upon the heart of the, the kings to allow the Jewish people to go back and kind of rebuild. And so what you find, if, if, you're, if you're not super familiar with your Bible, there's some books in the Old Testament, and they're not all together, uh, books like Nehemiah, Ezra, Haggai, these are some of the people, these are real people that actually got to go back to Jerusalem to try to rebuild, okay? And uh, Nehemiah, he was the one, maybe another you know story, that went to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem, okay? And then Ezra, Ezra was a priest that went back and he was responsible for the rebuilding of the temple, their church. And Haggai was a prophet that went back that God used to actually rebuke the people because even though they came back and they established their own homes and they built up the walls of the city, they didn't actually get to rebuild the church, which is what God wanted them to do. And so I want to, if I can, and if we can, if we just go a little bit deeper because there's something that God showed me that's so powerful And and I want to hit Ezra and Haggai just real fast, and so I I want to show you something in Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3, when when they started to rebuild the temple finally, and they had just laid the new foundation, this is what Ezra tells us happened. Ezra 3 verse 10 says, when the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes and took their places to blow their trumpets. And the Levites, descendants of Asaph, clashed their symbols to praise the Lord, just as King David had prescribed. With praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He is good. I love this, They're remembering now. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord, because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. They threw a party because they poured the footers. That's all they had done, hole in the ground, some new stones around the outline. And they said, we need to stop and throw a party. We need to celebrate the progress. Can I just give you a little bit of advice that will help you going into this year as you're thinking about the things that you're going to turn around? I'm going to turn around my finances. I'm going to turn around my health. I'm going to turn around our relationship. I'm going to turn around my career. Can I just encourage you to not look for the end but celebrate the progress along the way? You might go, I'm trying to lose weight, and you go, it's been two weeks and I've lost three pounds. Instead of getting discouraged, this will be hard, but stop and celebrate. I'm three pounds lighter than I was when I started this. Some of you need to learn to celebrate the progress progress I want to find someone to marry. I went on one date and it was terrible. Stop. Celebrate the fact you had a date. Amen. Come on, celebrate celebrate the pro- so they they celebrated the progress that the foundation had been laid. But not everybody was happy. Not everybody. Look at verse 12. It says, but many of the older priests, Levites and other leaders This isn't because they're old. It's because of this part. Who had seen the first temple. Notice what they did. They did what? They they wept. They wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundation. The others, however, the ones who hadn't seen the previous one, guess what they were doing? They were shouting for joy. I I want you to see this. Some shouted, others sobbed. Some were excited. We're going to have a church. We're going to have a place to worship God and connect with them and experience his presence. But the other ones who had seen the first temple, they saw how big it was. They saw the grandeur. They saw the beauty. This is Solomon's temple, by the way, we're talking about. Talking, they saw how gorgeous it was, and now here they are, they're looking at the foundation of the new one, and they're crying because it doesn't compare to what it used to be. But those who did not have the nostalgia of before, when they saw it, they shouted. Notice the different responses to the same thing. I say this because sometimes we'll do this in our own lives we'll do this spiritually, we'll do this in the church, that when we see it changing, when we see it's different, we we can take one or two perspectives and say, God, it's different, but I know that you can do something in the different. Or we can say, but it's nothing compared to what it used to be. You, you know what's interesting? Um, our journey as a church, we went from a little small storefront in Canal Winchester that was really hidden to uh, an older church building in Lithopolis that was really hidden to God doing crazy things and then launching a campus in Lancaster to eventually, with a pandemic and everything, all of us coming back together in a brand new facility here in Canal Winchester. And do do you know what I've heard from some people that have stepped into the new space? They said... Yeah, it's, it's nice, but it just doesn't feel like it used to. It doesn't feel like it used to. It, it won't, because it's different. It's like if you sell your house and you move into a new one, and it's okay to f- have feelings like that. It's a new house, and I love it, but, but it's different. The problem is, is that if we always compare the two, we can miss what God might be trying to do because what God is doing in our church is so exciting right now, but it's, it's different. It's different. If you say, I just liked it the way it was, I, I, would, I would challenge you to read Isaiah 43 where God says, I know the good things that I did in the past, but behold, I'm doing something new. And if you can't see it, I'll tell you why, it's because you're stuck in the past. The psalmist said, sing to the Lord a new song, doesn't mean we we can't sing old songs, but it, it means that we should also be singing new songs. And what I'm trying to say to kind of frame our minds as we begin this series and this year together. Because I want this for you, and I think sometimes the struggle for us to move forward in our own lives is that we can be stuck on the way it used to be that we'll miss what God wants to do in the new year and with the new you. I don't want you to feel that way. Now listen, God's not saying ignore the miracle I did in the past. God's not saying, don't forget the way I moved in your life. We should always remember his faithfulness. The problem is we can get stuck on the way God did it. We're stuck on the method that God used. The way God spoke to me back then, oh, I just feel like the way I sensed his presence, I just felt it more back then and in that space and all that. And say, I understand that, but don't let nostalgia cloud you. Because God says, I'm doing something new. The same is true in our spiritual lives. Listen, if we want this year to be different, we might have to forget the way God worked in the past. If you want this year to be different in your spiritual life, in your relationships, with your peace, with your soul, you might need to forget the way God operated in the past and yourself, even during this fast, to say, God, I want what's new, even if it feels different, even if it's different. And see, God knew that it would be hard for some of these Israelites to see what he was doing. God knew it. He knew it. He knew it. And so while some are shouting and others are sobbing, in that moment... God spoke a word through the prophet Haggai. It's amazing the way God used all of these different people to speak this. And sometimes you won't see the connection if you don't know it and place it all together. See, Haggai was a prophet that God used in this very moment to speak to all the people that were trapped in nostalgia. And I want you to hear what he said in Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2. I'm piecing it all together, but I hope it makes sense to you. Haggai 2 verse 3, he says, does anyone remember this house, this temple in its former splendor? This is God speaking through the prophet. He asked this question, how in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. This was God speaking through the prophet. Those of you that had seen the former temple, the old church, the old space, the old way that, I moved and did all this. As you're looking and comparing it now, how does it look to you? My guess is it seems like nothing at all. That's what he said. I know you're bummed because you feel like this is a letdown. I know it feels like what I'm doing isn't as good as what I used to do, but just hold on, just hold on. Here's what God had to speak to him, verse four. But now, but now the Lord says, be strong Zerubbabel, be strong Yeshua son of Behozadek, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land, and now get to work. Maybe that's the message for us this year when it comes to leaning into God. Now get to work. For I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. I want to skip down to verse 7. It says, and I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be what? Everybody say it. Will be? Come on, say it. Will be? The, the future glory of this puny, small, doesn't look like anything temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. What's God saying? If you're going to live in a place where you're constantly comparing what it used to be to what it is today, you're going to miss it. You will never receive what I wanna do in your life. You will miss it. If you think about, oh, the first couple years of our marriage was so much better and it's been so hard. Maybe it's been hard, but listen, I I wanna hear and just say something of you. I believe that the future can actually be better than the honeymoon phase when it comes to your marriage. The problem is, is if you're stuck comparing. You see the people that seen the old temple? It was elaborate. You should read about it maybe this week, about how Solomon spared no expense and David provided all the money before him and how there was gold on everything, gold on gold. There was cedar trim, handcrafted everywhere. There's silver, there was bronze, but there was so much that it, that it was worthless because of the splendor of the old temple. I think sometimes, even in my own life, I can look back and go, oh, I missed the gold. And God says, I've got something better. How about my glory? Don't get stuck on the gold when God's got glory. Don't get stuck on the old when God... Can I just, can I just maybe um, just speak that over your life this year and say that what God has for you is better than what has happened in the past? And I want you to consider all the good things that God has done in the past. What God has for you is better I really believe that. Well, that was a promise for them. Yeah, but in the New Testament, we know that all of God's promises in Christ are yes and amen for us. And so maybe during this fast, maybe you're gonna be in a, a posture of you're saying, okay, God, I, what do you wanna do that is different? That's my encouragement. What, what if instead of us getting back to the good old days, could we strike that and just say, "Hey"? I'm thankful that God did good things in my past. He is faithful. I wanna always celebrate that. But I don't wanna go back to the good old days. I wanna step into the new that God has for us. God's got some. There are new songs that are gonna be coming out of this house this year. I believe it. There's new songs coming out, uh, possibly even a new album. Pastor Russ already prophesied it. So if it doesn't happen, you know what? It's gonna to happen to you. But. And I felt like, I, I felt like this, the spirit of God dropped something in my spirit to say, there's some of you, I want to just say this right now that maybe you're feeling defeated, oh, discouraged, disappointed with life, disappointed with God. Don't even maybe know why. And you feel like giving up and in your mind, you've been saying, my best days are behind me. I know because I've been in that place. My best days are behind me. Our best days for our family are behind us. My best days of my career are behind. My best days for ministry are behind. I've, I've been in that place, and it took somebody speaking truth over me to receive it. And so I want to do that for you today. If you're in that place, I pray that you will take this word to heart and say, God says, I know it doesn't look like much right now, but what I am doing is better than what I did before. And so don't go looking for me to part the Red Sea. I might actually just bring water into the wasteland. You don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. How do I know God's going to do something? Because there was this one verse that stood out to me in Haggai chapter 2. I'm going to finish. Haggai chapter 2, verse 5. i got to read it again. This verse caught my attention. Here's what God said. My spirit remains among you just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. Do not be afraid. I thought, wait a minute. This is interesting. Hold on. God, didn't you prophesy through Isaiah about what you did when you brought him out of Egypt? And then you said, forget all that. And now 200 years later, you're gonna prophesy through Haggai and say, you all remember what I did when I brought you out of Egypt? I'm so confused now, God, what are you doing? And here's what God showed me. And this is a truth I want you to receive today. He wasn't talking about the way he worked. He was saying this, that listen, It is the same spirit that was with the Israelites hundreds of years ago is with you. It's just a different strategy. It's the same spirit, but a different strategy. Everybody say that out loud with me. Same spirit, different strategy. Same spirit, different strategy. God says, My spirit, the same one that parted the water so they could walk through, is with you today so that whatever you face, and it could be going through a wilderness, it might not be in front of a sea, but Here's what you need to know. That same spirit is with you. It's just going to be a different strategy. It's a new strategy. Why don't you all stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. Today, I thought maybe as we begin this year, I thought maybe um, some of you need to embrace the power of the same spirit that's in you. You see, we don't ever want to get stuck on the method the way God worked. Don't do that in your, in your life. Don't do it in your spiritual life. Don't do it in your marriage. Don't do it in your career. Don't do it in where God has you. You, you, you go, well, I made more money back then. Yeah, but you might actually have a closer walk with Jesus today. What matters? This is what, this is what God's trying to show you. Don't get stuck in the way I worked, but you need to know this. The same spirit that parted those waters is living with you. I'm not looking for God to do the same miracle, but I am looking for him to do a miracle. You can say that, just a different strategy. Let me read this to you and then I'm going to pray. Romans 8, 6 through 11, just receive it. You don't need to worry about looking it up. When you're thinking about this year and all the things that you want to be different, I want to tell you the the thing that matters the most is not willpower. The The thing that matters the most is not how disciplined you can be. The thing that matters the most, you want to see things change in your life? It's what spirit is inside of you. That's why Paul said this, so letting your sinful nature control your mind will lead to death. You let the sinful nature, the old habits, the wrong patterns control your life, it will bring death in your life. He said this, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace, for the sinful nature is always hostile toward God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. I just declare that this is the year. Maybe some of you are gonna say, I'm not gonna be in control. I'm gonna invite the spirit of God. I'm gonna make Jesus the leader of my life. You wanna see something change in your life? Invite the same spirit that parted the Red Sea into your life. Invite the Spirit of Jesus to come inside. Verse 9: But you are not controlled by your sinful nature because you are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember. Remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even through your body, even though your body will die because of sin, it will all die. The spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. Now this was the verse I want you to hold on to. The spirit of God, everybody say same spirit. Same spirit. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead does what? Lives in Christ it lives in me. He lives in me. The same spirit that also raised him from that, that parted the Red Sea lives in me, and he will give life to your mortal bodies, the same spirit living within you. And so I just want to declare this year that the thing we need the most is the same spirit inside of us that raised Jesus from the dead so that no matter what you face, listen, you know that I've got his power with me. I know that it's going to look different. It's going to be new. What God i Expect to do, but let me just say this it's his same spirit, same spirit. Let me pray. Let me pray, Father. I come to you now. God, I believe that you gave me this word. And I just believe that maybe there are some here today that God need a fresh filling of your spirit to begin this year. If today you just sense God is really speaking to you to say, I need something different this year. If you're ready to say, I'm tired of facing the same sinful habits. I'm tired of facing the same struggles I did last year and the year before. If you're here today and you just feel like God is prompting your heart to say, I need something different, would you just lift your hands to God right now? Just lift your hands to heaven. Those who reach out for him will be filled by him. Those who hunger and thirst for him, come on, they were you're going to experience God today. Father, I pray right now over every single person, God, hands raised saying, I want the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave living within me. God, not the sinful life to control me, but I pray your spirit and God, I determine to look and see with spiritual eyes what you are doing today. God, what you're doing. And I believe that the future glory is greater than the past. God, we remember your faithfulness. We remember, God, all the things you've done. But, Lord, we declare that it is going to be a new day. God, you're doing something new. You're doing something different. And we receive it today. Thanks so much for tuning in to this message. I hope that it encouraged you and inspired your faith. If God is doing something in your life, Would you take a moment and let us know? We want to connect with you and we want to be able to pray for you. All you have to do is shoot us an email to hello at the x.church or you can always send us a DM on one of our social media platforms. And if you know somebody that would also be encouraged by this very message, why not take a moment and just share it with them right now? And as always, I want to say thank you to every single person who so generously financially supports this ministry so we can continue to get messages like these out to people all over the world. We believe God is building something special and you're a significant part of it. Until next time, have a great day.